another episode of simply unprofessional i'm your host webby joining me today we got devin hey everybody it's been a long time it has been a minute devin it has been a minute i've had a lot of life happening in a very short period of time same uh and every week it seems like we've just forgotten to do it until thursday and then it's like okay (laughs) on the bright side i'm off on thursday so there's that so I'm home now, so we can forget all Thursdays. There's Thursdays whenever we want to, and then I'm, I'm just here That's on true. Thursdays. That's true. I mean, for a while, I didn't want to do them on Thursdays because I liked watching Critical Role, or I wanted to be done by 10 so I could watch Critical Role. But I'm so we can do it during the day because I'm home yeah. all day. Yeah, I get that now. Yeah. I'm very far behind on Critical Role now. so I'm behind on life. Same. To give you an idea, I'm, to give you an idea how my day is going, I am eating a little Debbie's peanut butter cream pie and drinking a Bud Light. Well, and it's two thirty in the afternoon. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm not quite that point, I guess, but <laughs> it's five o'clock somewhere, I guess. <laughs> My first drink was at eleven. Well, so. shit, I don't think it's five o'clock anywhere at eleven a.m. <laughs> <laughs> I made hash. I made like a fucking um, a dip. I ate some corned beef. No, I didn't have any corned beef. I took an Italian sausage and made a fucking hash. And I was just like, you know what's on good with this? A beer. Mm-hmm. Or it does. And it did. It went great. It tasted amazing. Wow. However, well, good. I'm, I'm I'm having beer at two thirty in the afternoon. You know, I don't I don't I don't drink very much anymore, um, or very often, I should say. But like, when I have like chicken or especially like hot wings or something. Dude, you want a beer? It goes yeah, with yeah. Just an an ice cold fucking beer just seems to pair with that so well. It just seals the deal. It yeah. seals the deal. Yeah, it really does. Like, I mean, my <laughs> beer choice is not Bud Light Platinum. For the record, I mean, I, I will drink Bud Light Platinum, but it's not my beer of choice. My beer of choice right now actually is uh, Sam Adams Cherry Wheat. Very good. Uh, my beer of choice is. Regular Budweiser, and got a lot of that in my fridge too. The reason behind that is because the majority of people I know don't drink it, so that means nobody will touch my beer. beer. Exactly. Yeah, I would say the frequency of my drinking has increased, but the volume of my drinking has decreased. So I, I drink much more frequently than I used to, but I drink a lot less when I do drink. See, I drink a lot less frequently and volume because, yeah. you know, I used to drink, I don't know, twice a month or so. You know, we would hold bonfire parties and stuff at my house, and I'd go through a handle of Southern Comfort and a half a handle of fucking, 
vodka or another, you know, rum, just another alcohol. And then I would switch to beer later in the night. And then towards the end of the night, early morning, I would start switching to water. And I mean, that was my, that was my regimen of never getting a hangover. I've only ever gotten one hangover in my entire life. So I've had a hangover once and I went to work with it. It was terrible. Yeah. Terrible idea. But in any case, so today I had a question and, you know, I'm going to have you explain some stuff mechanically. Um, because I started reading and, and, and whatnot about D&D 3.5. And I don't know anything about it. And it seems like it's just coming from, you know, I mean, I played second edition, which was also, you know, complicated in its own sense. And then we went to fourth edition from that, at least I did, which was like playing a video game. You know, fourth edition, you had daily abilities and you know just these powers that you could use uh and then once you use them you know x amount of times they were gone you know kind of like spell slots i guess uh back to fifth edition which was much more like second edition just better in my opinion so far fifth edition has been my favorite edition but it made me realize i know nothing about 3.5 and when i look at 3.5 it's daunting. Like there just seems like there's so much to much. There is. So I was wondering if you could describe to us and, and educate me um, as far as like the mechanical differences between say 3.5 and five. Yes. Um, it's been a while. I, I will disclaimer. It's been a while since I played DD 3.5, but 3, DD 3.5 was the system I uh, grew up playing. Um, so this is a system that got me into DD. Oh, so that was your so, first? That was your first delve into DD was 3.5? 3.5 is my first. My first, I think I think I played 2E for like a second, and I, I made a character, and we never, it was like at a sleepover, and I made a character, and we never actually played it. Um, and then, but my actual like first campaign was in 3.5. Now, my first question for you before you dive into the 3.5 mechanics is a mechanical yeah. question, but I just want to get this out of the way now. Did 3.5 have armor class or Thaco? Yeah, armor class. All right, that was the. But best it had change. multiple. It had multiple types of armor class. Oh boy! So you had a. You had your AC. You had a touch AC, and then you had a flat-footed AC. <laughs> right. Um, yeah, it, it, and all those things now were it was all in the AC. Flat-footed is just like if you're surprised, right? Uh, there are some things that would make it where you like would roll against a flat-footed AC, but more often than not, yeah, it was just like a surprise scenario. And in 3.5, the standard, so your armor bonus was, uh, your armor class was kind of similar to 5e in the sense that it was your basic, um, your basic armor rating was uh, 10 plus your armor bonus, plus your shield bonus, plus your dex mod, plus your size mod. Um, So kind of the same deal there. As kind of what it is. Now, if you were large, e. if you were larger, would that reduce your armor class? 
Um, the size modifier, if I remember correctly, hold on. Because I know, generally speaking, larger. The larger you, I think, the larger you are, the yeah, I think the larger you are, the smaller it was. Yeah. So a colossal uh, creature, we get a minus eight to AC. A gargantuan would get a minus four. Huge would get a minus two. Large would get a minus one. Medium is zero. Small is plus one. Tiny was plus two. Diminutive was plus four. Fine was plus eight. God, you could they actually also have, you could actually play as a fine sized character. That was another thing that like three point five allows you to do because there are so many different rules and there were splat books and so many different. So the so to give you an idea. Just the core published books, and I'm not talking about campaigns that introduce other things in like other settings in 3.5. Just the core printed books of 3.5, there were 68 of them. Holy fuck. <laughs> just like, and that's just through Wizards of the Coast, and that's just like the, not like the, not like Eberron, not like Ravenloft, not like the campaign settings that also had all of their own books. Right. Or like Forgotten Realms. Just the core books. So like you had the Arms and Equipment Guide, the Books of Challenges, the Books of Exalt- Book of Exalted Deeds, Book of Vile Darkness, which, fun fun fact, um, a banned book um, in a lot of places. Because yeah. uh, it talked so, specifically about Satan worship and, uh, yeah. This kind and of sounds like a lot of like... like extra ritual. This kind of sounds a lot like second edition to me because second editions like you had you had one book that was just purely dedicated to combat and like combat maneuvers and things and then you had one that was just your pure weapons book. Then you had another yeah. you you had individual books for each yeah. class. You had your you, you had your basic you had your basic and these are all like full books. These are all like 200 page books. Right. They're not like little manuals. Uh so you had your basic to give you an idea. You had your basic player's handbook. You had the player's handbook um, one, the DM's guide and the monster manual. So the, the basic three, you had those. That was all you really need to play the game. Um, and then, but they also had a player's handbook two, which introduced more classes. They had uh four additional monster manuals, so they had five monster manuals. <laughs> Man, I and will say I'm, had... I'm I'm kind of glad to hear that, unless you're about to tell me otherwise, that they. They they put the classes essentially into like the player's handbooks and stuff. All, all the basic classes are in the player's handbook. So you yeah. have like if you look at the baseline three point five classes in the player's handbook that you See, can play I'm, as. I'm like ninety percent sure that in second edition each class had its own hand like it had its own book because it would show all of the subclasses and stuff and specialties for that class in that book. Right. <clears throat> And elves right. were a class, not a race. Yes, yes, that is a true statement. But they also had things called prestige classes, um, which were weird. Uh, I'll get to that later, because that's a weird thing. Um, but you had base classes. So your base classes in the player's handbook was barbarian, bard, cleric, druid, uh, fighter, monk, paladin, ranger, rogue, sorcerer, and wizard. And that was your base classes. So all the classes you're familiar with. Um, those are your base classes. Uh, you can multi-class from that point. Then they also had in the, I think in the basic text, they had in the in between the three main books, they had prestige classes for all of them. Uh, if you wanted to go into them, like the Arcane Archer, the Arcane Trickster, the Archmage, the Assassin, the Blackguard, the Cerbermancer, the Dragon Disciple, the Duelist, the Dwarven Defender, the Eldritch Knight, the um the Elocator, the Hierophant, the Horizon Walker, the Lord Master, the Metamind, the Master, there's so many prestige classes. There's so many different classes in this game. 
Uh, it's kind of stupid. Um, it is kind of very stupid. Uh, now, I will uh, say... It, that, it like, seems, I love 2.5. It, it seems good in the aspect that I don't feel like you ever really have to worry about any two players you will never you could have an entire party of clerics and every single cleric would feel different you could have an entire party of fighters and every fighter would feel different um just because of your prestige class and your feats i will say though the game kind of broke itself as time went on and what i mean by that is it power crept itself to such a point and how certain feats and how prestige classes worked and how feats worked you needed certain skills in order to get to get certain feats and certain prestige classes the problem is with that. Uh, there are certain feats that were uh, certain skills that were dog shit, like legit, just terrible dog shit skills that nobody ever took. And there were certain feats that nobody fucking took. But you need those feats to get those. You need certain feats to get there. Like uh, I think what was like the worst uh, see, like, worst feat? There was a, it was a prerequisite feat in three point five that was dog shit. It was never really used. Um. And yeah, uh, I'm trying to think what the fuck the feat even was. Where is it? What is the fucking feat? It's a stupid feat that you have to take to get like every skill. Every every, every it's a stupid feat you have to take. It's like not. It's a combat expertise or not. It's combat something. But it's fucking stupid. Uh, it's rarely ever used. It comes up like once or twice, maybe in your entire campaign. But you have to take a feat slot to get it because it's a prerequisite for a thousand other feats. And if you don't build your class the correct way, so you have to like basically. This is why I I actually enjoy playing. I enjoyed playing this because it taught me how to like plan out a class. Three point five was notorious for like if you didn't plan out your class, uh, you may not be able to like get what you want when you want it. <laughs> Especially because, like, your skills did not level up. Your skills... Leveling up was a bitch, because your skills... Like, building a level 20 character from start to finish without a builder was a pain in the ass. Because your skills did not level... Your skills leveled... Like, they didn't level, like, equally. You got skill points at every level, like you would in a game, to put into certain skills. Right. And the skills, you could put into them lopsided. So you had your skills you were proficient in, and a proficiency in a skill... This is stupid. Proficiency in a skill would let your one skill point ring as one skill point, right? If you didn't have proficiency in a skill, you could put a point of in that skill, but it would give you basically a half a point. So you have to put two points in that skill for it to count as one. This is dumb. It, it's the dumbest thing ever. So, and certain feats required certain amount of skill points. Certain prestige classes required certain feats, skills, and um, like proficiencies. And you have to like plan everything out kind of ahead of time before you figure it out and set out the table to really do anything, because you'd be like, um, "Oops, like I somewhere down the line I forgot to take this fucking feat," and um, and then you'd be screwed. Nah, I, I can't get into this class, <laughs> or I I don't have enough skill points to get into this class. <laughs> so, so even even if you say you started a now I'm I'm just gonna say like say you started a level three campaign, right? Or or say yep. you were going to DM a campaign for, for a couple of us for 3.5, right? And you were starting us off at level 3 because level 1 blows. But uh, 
I actually like level one in 3.5 for one reason only because of how critical hits work in 3.5. Um, it's you roll the dice and just flat two exit, so you can outright kill a player off a critical hit if they roll really well. If you roll really well on the damage dice, it's not like you don't you don't just roll like double the dice. It's a flat the damage whatever damage they take is flat two x. Yeah. (laughs) So see, like if you were DMing a three point five game. Is the, this is the this is the type of system where you would highly recommend? Okay, at character creation, try to look at like the high level things and what you build backwards. To work I would towards. say build backwards. Get to what you want to be, and then build it backwards, and just write down what you need when you get there. Because um, it's also very common in three point five to have a outside of clerics and druids and wizards, because you usually don't have to prestige class or multi class. It's very common to have like a character with like twenty different classes. Like I, I shit you not. Jesus. Now what's the level cap of three point five? Uh non epic is twenty. Once you get into epic you can go up to forty or higher. Oh my god. I'm assuming those are and just a also, different set of books and stuff that Yeah, it's it's epic campaign. There's also epic prestige classes. Um but like to give you an idea, like I pulled up the Arcane Archer to give you an idea of the requirements of the Arcane Archer to get into the class. To qualify to become an arcane archer, a character must fulfill any of the following criteria. Must fulfill all the following criteria, sorry. Race, elf or half-elf. Your base attack bonus has to be a plus six. So, if you're a full base attack bonus class, which, by the way, another weird thing about uh, classes, um, every level you would gain a full... So there was full base attack bonus classes, three-fourths base attack bonus classes, and half base attack bonus classes, which now, were like base. Can can you exp- explain to me what those are? Base attack bonus is basically your proficiency bonus, but they also determines how many attacks you get per turn. Okay. Um. So, for instance, in a fighter, so like I'm going to go to a fighter because that's like your quintessential fighter, cleric, and wizard, because that works out perfectly in the sense of the fighter is a full base attack bonus character the cleric is a three-fourths and the wizard is a, or the sorcerer is a a half so at base attack so at first level your base attack bonus is one second level your base attack bonus is two uh on a fighter third is three fourth is uh four five is five so six your is where the bonus goes up by one each time or but yes it also determines your number of attacks so your number of attacks is equal to the your base attack bonus minus five and then if you have anything left over, that's the new base attack bonus of your second attack. So at level six, your first attack base attack bonus is at a plus six, and then you make it you can make a second attack with a base attack bonus of a plus one. Okay. So then at, Dude, level, I mean, so at level seven you, your second attack would have a bonus of plus two. Plus two and your base attack is at plus seven. And how many attacks uh, do you uh, get? You can go on a fighter with full base attack at 20th level. You go up to your base attack bonuses. Your first attack is made at a plus 20. Your second attack is made at a plus 15. Your third attack is made at a plus 10. And your fourth attack is made at a plus 5. Oof. So you get four attacks, but they're less likely to hit as you you go on. Right. Which, I mean, I, I kind of like that because that, that kind of shows like, oh, if, you, if you're if you're swinging four times in six seconds, 
you know, your last hit's not going to be as impactful. You know, your, your fatigue is wearing in at that yeah. point. You know, this, that, and yeah, the other exactly. thing. So, exactly. I do, and I it, do theoretically like that idea. Right. So, what that means with the Arcane Archer, for instance, going, oh, by the way, the Cleric at three force, they don't pick up a second attack until eighth level. So, they start at a base attack bonus of plus zero, and then it's. Second level is at one, third level is at two, fourth level they get plus three, uh, fifth level is also plus three, so they don't gain one there. Sixth level they get plus four, seventh level is plus five, eighth level is when they get uh, the plus six, so they get the plus one on top of that. So at 20th level they cap out at plus 15, plus 10, plus five. And then your wizard uh basically is uh it's doubled every time so basically it's doubled levels so uh you start at zero second level you get one and you don't get plus two though you get four fourth level and then sixth level you get plus three eighth level you get plus four tenth level is plus five twelfth level is plus six so you get a second attack as a wizard at twelfth level uh and then you end off at uh at 20th level your base attack is plus 10 and plus five and now is that for regular attacks or does that also include like spell attacks that's for regular that's for regular attacks Okay. That's the regular attacks. Your spell attacks are usually keyed off of your uh, whatever your for wizard it's uh, wisdom or intelligence. Sorry, and then your uh, what you call it. You also get bonus spells based on your intelligence. Like your stats actually matter. So if you're a particularly intelligent or a particularly whatever your casting stat is, if it's particularly high when you start off, you get bonus spells. Yeah, second edition uh, was that way too. Yeah, so you could be like really cool and give a lot of like bonus spells and shit, which is really dope. But now, point okay, l- let me add, let me interject and ask you this: uh, XP is is XP like it is in fifth edition for three point five? As far as what? Where like essentially you have say you have a, a a battle and then you you add up the XP cost of each thing in the battle and then divide it by the party number size. And that's what everybody's XP is for the battle. Yeah, that's basically how that worked out. Okay, because see, second edition did something. Second edition was very strange, and everyone leveled up at different paces. Yeah, and, and it's like, all it's all uniform. It's 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 by the class at this point. Yeah, because like in, in second class. edition, I remember so like your martial classes, like your barbarians and fighters. You got XP for everything that died in a in in a combat. Um, yeah. So, like to give you cleric, to go back to your example or, or, of mages or spell spellcasters in general yeah. got XP based off of each spell they cast and what level it was cast at. Uh, and then, when I played a thief, or you know, a rogue. Rogues literally got XP for every gold value they accumulated. So if you looted something that was worth, you know, a gem that was worth 50 gold, you got 50 XP. It was almost like in second edition, your class leveled up and not you as a person. Right. So you had to do things that was class related to get levels. But see, what was di- what was kind of neat about that too was like, okay... Uh, at the end of the day, you, you would end up having all your spellcasters just blowing spell slots to get XP. Uh, but like, if, if, if everyone started outpacing, say, a rogue, because, you know, you haven't looted anything in a while or whatever, um, 
the rogue would start falling behind and the rest of the party you would have to figure out a way to get the rogue to, you know, catch up. Can I ask you a question though? Sure. What's stopping the rogue from like basically making friends with the shopkeeper and being like, hey, listen, um, we're going to play a game. Uh, I'm going to sneak in at night. Every night I'm going to loot something and steal something from your shop. Um, if you tell me what it is the next morning, what I stole, I'll give it back to you. What's well, stopping him from just no, doing that? <laughs> uh, two things. Two things. First, your DM. Your DM would stop that. Second, uh, you, the say I looted something off of you, right? And then I gave it back to you. I am giving up that XP. Got you. That is that is not accumulated wealth of my own now. You know. Gotcha. But like where it really shines through is like when you fight a dragon for the first time and you loot the dragon horde. It's like you just got a big chunk of XP at that point. But I mean at the yeah. same time also you're you're looking into like hundreds and hundreds of thousands of XP before you need to get to the next level too. Yep. yep so yep. so the, a fully leveled character, if I'm not mistaken, the twentieth level is like hundred and ninety thousand XP. Um I believe it's yeah, 190,000 XP. What is it in 5th? Hold on. 5th edition level chart. 355,000. Yeah, but I don't know if it's how much you need to get there or that's the level of what it is. I think that's the level of what it is. So I think in this, it's the level is 190,000. So you get there way easier, but that's because then you have epic levels. Right. Which your epic levels campaign. So to give you an idea, epic levels is stupid, by the way. Um and how much you need to like remind me I want your help with something after this. Gotcha, bud. Let's see. Yeah, I'm trying to think how you get epic levels. Epic epic is always weird. Epic was a weird thing. I never actually played an epic campaign. Um for good reason. But uh but yeah, so it's 190,000 XP to get to the max level, right? But so at third level to give you an idea, if you're gonna make a third level character, if you picked a class that was a had a good uh a good save bonus. Also, by the way, um you had Good and poor save bo- saves, <laughs> save bonuses. Okay. For sure. So, for instance, going back to my fighter, um, there. So in 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 this, you had three saves. You had three types of saves. There was fortitude, reflex, and will save. Uh, fortitude is like akin to like hosting like your anything that would be a constitution or a strength save would be fortitude. Reflex would be anything that would be like Dex Wisdom ish. Okay. And then your will would be more like your intelligence charisma saves would be the ball, ball particle. The fighter had a really good fort save and a god awfully shitty reflex and will save. Um so like they started off at level one with a plus two to their fort save, but then they got plus zero to reflex and will saves. Um and keep in mind three point five had spells that were save or die, like 5e got rid of save or die spells. Um, 
3.5 had a lot of save or, su- save or suck or save or die spells, uh, which is why Wizards were so great um, and were some of the greatest fucking classes of all time. Uh, I think the title of the best class goes to Clerics and Druids. Um, in 3.5? Just because, yeah, I I fell in love with the Druid in 3.5. Uh, I mean, Cleric Zilla and Druid Zilla are insane. Um, you, they're almost impossible to, they can do it all and they're almost impossible to like put down for good, uh, <laughs> but they can do it all. But, uh, cause the druids are stupid. The druid animal companion is stupid. I'm calling it out what it is. The ranger had an animal companion and that was like their thing, but the druid also got an animal companion, but the druid's animal companion was better than the ranger's animal companion. So, and you could take feats to buff up the Druid Animal Companion, along with the Ranger Animal Companion. But to give you an idea, the Druid's Animal Companion, but at max level, was basically another PC. Um, well, but to give you an idea. I mean, to be fair, when I have people who play specifically Beastmaster Rangers in my games, their pets are essentially another player. Yeah, uh, I get it. Nothing like this. <laughs> okay, I'm about to tell you like why. So they because their pet scales with your level. It's depending on your level. Mm-hmm. So at first or second level, you're like, all right, whatever. It gets no bonus hit dice, no natural armor adjustments, no strength or dex adjustments. It gets a bonus trick. It learns link and share spell, right? But compare that to twelfth level. At twelfth level. The Druid's Animal Companion gets 8 bonus hit dice. Gets a plus 8 to armor class. To its natural armor. Okay. It gets, it gets a plus 4 to its strength and dex stat. Now, hold it on. I have, a five, I have a question before yep. you continue. This is an armor class question. So it gets a plus 8 to its natural armor class, regardless yep. of whatever creature it is. Yep. Uh, can you also get armor made for it? There is barding, yes, you can get it. That's you can get fucking bird. insane. Okay. <laughs> you can get a animal Yo, barded. I'm going to have an animal, animal companion. His AC is just a cool, you know, 26. It's nothing. Uh, actually, a 26 AC is kind of low in 5e. What? Uh, I've, I've had an AC in 5e that was close to almost 50. It was you mean stupid. 3.5? <laughs> Sorry, 3.5 is kind of stupid. <laughs> um, but, uh... You get the plus so, four to shoot the deck. Wait, now hold on. Five uh, b- before we continue, <laughs> <God>. <laughs> everything you say just makes more questions. So, like, you're telling me as a DM, it wouldn't be uncommon for me to be like, "All right, I attack you with this monster. Does a the, fucking forty-seven hit? It's 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 it, it has happened before. Um, and that would be questioningly." <laughs> Hold on, like I'm gonna dude, pull up do some optimized character builds, right? Dude, I'm gonna pull up some optimized character builds. Depending on the game that I'm running in five E, sometimes when I'm like, does a thirty hit, I might actually be questioning that. But like normally when I'm like, oh, does a thirty two hit, it's like, yeah, I know that hits. <laughs> <laughs> so to give you an idea, um let's see if I can find one here and it's like legit. <sighs> That I'm not trying to pull up like I'm trying to pull up an SRD only optimized build for something here and look at the AC real quick. Um, 
So to give you an idea, this is a optimized character build, right? Uh-huh. Optimized character build is only using, this is no homebrew content, this is only Wizard of the Coast rules. Okay? Mm-hmm. This character at 20th level has an AC of 52. Oh my god. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, I will say, it's also one of those things where, like, the... To give you an instance... I mean, also, that's 20th level. That's supposedly the max level, unless you start going into prestige classes. And at that point, you are supposed to be fighting, like, these big epic things. You're absolutely right. Like a a Tarrasque. Like a Tarrasque, right? Absolutely like a Tarrasque. I don't even think a Tarrasque would hit with a 52. (laughs) Well, that's what I was about to get to. It's very different. The damaging and the attacks are very different in 5e and 3.5. Right. So, for instance, Claw of a Tarrasque in 5e is a melee weapon attack plus 9 to hit, right? No. The and it does claw, how much? Uh, it does roughly uh, 4d8 plus 10. Okay. Slash. The Claw, um, and this, first off, it gets two Claws, not one Claw. It gets two claws as part of the attack action. It gets two claws. They are a plus 52. <laughs> Jesus, okay. So you are pretty much a Tarrasque will automatically hit you. They plus 52, but they only do 1d12 plus 8, but there's two of them, so you roll twice. Um, So really, it's 2d12 plus 16, so on average, uh, 7, that's like 6.5, that's 12, 13, 29, so about the same average damage. But you're also rolling at a plus fifty-two <laughs> to hit. So it's it's all perspective, right? <laughs> yeah, it's all perspective. It's like it's oh, that's terrible. But also too, there's a lot more different types of AC in three point five, right? Um, which you, which you we were gonna get into, but let's let, but let, let's finish this this beast talk, this druid beast companion. Yeah, the druid animal companion is stupid. So, first off, first off, uh, 16th level, and this is just um, in, 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 in core rules, you can get a, uh, you can get the, the Dire Tiger at 16th level over a Tyrannosaur. At, so, let's just say, you have, let's, say you're, let's say you're 16th level. Let's oh, yeah, you just level. casually have a pet T-Rex? Yep, that's within, that's within the book, right? The so T-Rex and hit dice is a, they have 18d8 plus 99, the average is 180 hit dice, right? So at 16th level, let's pull up the Jury Animal Companion. That, that, that would mean at 16th level, your T-Rex will have, as a as an animal companion, if your T-Rex was going to fight another wild T-Rex, because, you know, wild T-Rexes are a thing, apparently, um, your T-Rex would have an additional plus 10 hit dice. So you would roll an additional plus D8, um, or 10 D8, additional plus 10 D8, and then add that to the 180 hit points that are there. Its armor class would jump from a 14 to a 24. That's not including any armor you put on it. Um, its strength would and dex would jump from I'm not a... going to lie. It, the picture you sent me for Tez's T-Rex form is now making yep. a whole lot more sense. <laughs> it was just an armored T-Rex with like the laser cannons coming off of it. There you go. Yeah, okay. Oh. So, <laughs> so, the strength index for the tier T Rex would jump from a strength of twenty eight to a strength of thirty three, and its dex would jump from twelve to seventeen, which would also change its saves. By the way, 
Uh, and then it gets bonus tricks on top of that. Now, and it gets four bonus tricks, which your bonus tricks are whatever they're going to be. Let me pull up some bonus tricks here. Like play dead? That's a trick? Uh, maybe. Let's see. <laughs> bonus tricks. Fetch? Roll over? Oh, man. Imagine having a T-Rex roll over. Well, here, to give you an idea of how, like, the rate... I feel like the Rangers been, gets, like, cucked in, like, every fucking... Yeah. Um, every single one. Except for... I mean, second edition, they were pretty good. I played a Ranger. <laughs> like, the Rangers Animal Companion 3.5, I'm going to compare... You, you just compare the table to the... Compare the table. First off, like, they don't get the same shit, but... Yeah, not to mention... Compare, dude, hold on. Speaking of Rangers, okay, so it's no secret I have a love for specifically Beastmaster Rangers. Okay, yep. I do. Now, that being said, like you said, I feel like they've gotten shafted so often in so many of these different fucking editions. And not only that, so like their beasts are supposed to be better than average beasts. They are beast masters, you know. And they are. The thing. They are. Now, they're but much. get this. They're not by much, first off. Okay? That's true. And so. at least in old school editions, if your beast companion died, you suffered so many negative penalties. Yeah. Because of, like, really losing, you're losing your beast companion, you'd get, like, fucking sad, essentially. Right. Imagine, imagine if Lionel lost Snarf. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know the silent member of the Thunder well the not silent silent member of the Thundercats. The, I mean, the, the real hero of the Thundercats. I mean, no. That's kind of a kick in the balls, man. Like to okay, here's this class that, that you know it's it's iconic, you know. When people think D and D, you know, Ranger, they think Beastmaster. You know, that's that's a, it's an iconic class, and yeah, it's it's, it's yeah. usually like with a bow. It's either if if, if they know Dritz, if they, they think of Dritz. If they don't know Dritz, when you say Ranger, they think of like oh, his guy's got a bow and yeah. he's got an animal companion, right? And so, like, it's like, okay, well, here's your animal companion. It's slightly better than, like, the natural version, not by a whole lot. Uh, and it's still really, really squishy, especially the higher levels you get. You know, when you have things that do, like, fucking 60 damage in a hit, it can one-shot your animal companion. Then you're afraid to even send it out into combat, you yep. know? So because let all me, of a sudden, if, if me, it dies, you're taking like a minus four to everything, and it's like. Let me break down man? how much they just like shit on the ranger and compared to the druid in three point five. Okay, first off, druid full caster has full spells. One, two, has wild shape. Um, how, yeah, how often wild can shape, they wild shape in three point five? You get the wild shape at fifth level. It's once a day at fifth level, but it's way more broken. Um. Yeah. At fifth level, it's way more broken. Well, actually, it's more broken in in in, in this edition than it is in other editions. And then at like twentieth level, it's elemental three times a day. Huge. They can wild shape. Um, they can wild shape. I think unlimited times a day at a certain point. I I, I read in a second. But so keep in mind, they get wild shape. They're a full caster. They have. Uh, only thing they don't have on the Ranger is the Rangers have a full base attack bonus, so they get four attacks, so the Rangers three. But they're a full caster. A Ranger gets their animal companion at fourth level. A druid gets theirs at first level. <laughs> okay. Well. And then 
The Animal Companion, and I quote, this is what it says on the Rangers page, this ability functions like the Druid ability of the same name, except the Ranger's effective Druid level is one half his Ranger's level. <laughs> okay. Meaning, on that table, a, a 20th level, if you have two, char- two, two, you know, two, two PCs that make characters that are one the Druid, one the Ranger, they make the same Animal Companion, they pick a panther, and they take it to 20th level. Your panther as a druid at 20th level will have plus 12 hit dice, plus 12 natural armor, plus 6 strength and dex, and 7 tricks. Okay? At 10th, your ranger's panther will have 6 hit dice, 6 natural armor improvements, 3 strength and dex, and 4 tricks. Literally half as good. <laughs> See, I don't know. Now, let me ask you a question, Devin. Uh, I've been yeah, here. Also, there is there is also feats. Um, if you can get you can get intelligent animals, and you can get an animals that can get an intelligence score of like a positive number, like um, get a positive bonus. Uh, and you can actually your 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 animal companions can cast spells off your list at certain points. Jesus Christ. Yeah, it's fucking stupid. <laughs> let me ask you this, Devin. I've I've been your DM in several different games. You know my DMing style. Do you think? I guess it's a multi-part question. Do you think I'm wrong in showing leniency slash favoritism for Beast Master Rangers? No, I think honestly, out of any every, every class, out of any class that's um needs help the most it's probably like monk ranger those are the two classes i think that really need like dm support um the most so, it's so, like, i feel so like if, they don't bring you, anything to the table alone like i feel like if you were in a group you, i feel that like I the DM'd, other classes good if you were in a group that i dm'd with say four other people all right, and there was a beastmaster ranger in that party you wouldn't be upset when i give their beasts buffs or you know on on a every on every couple level ups or something i give them another no i wouldn't i wouldn't if you if you gave them like a uh, like a chart and said hey like kind of like a similar chart to this and said hey when you level up as you level up your beast is going to grow with you you know also can you send me a list of those tricks or whatever yeah, I gotta. I'll get them together. I've been trying to click on them. It's taking me like other places. Uh, the value given in the comments one of a bonus or Because like I won't, I won't lie. One of the Beastmaster Rangers in, a, in in one of the games I DM for, they had a black bear for a pet. Right now, black bears don't get multi attack. They get a claw or a bite attack. So when they reached, I think it was like level six, something like that. I allowed their bear to then make a multi- I gave them multi attack, so you could make either two claws or a claw and a bite attack. By the way, uh, as part of the animal companion uh, table on this and the druid, you they get multi attack at tenth level. Yeah, <laughs> they get so they get link and share spell. They get they gain evasion. They get devotion, multi attack, and they get improved evasion at fifteenth level. Jeez. Yeah. So at with Link at for our first level, Link and Share Spell. Share Spell at the Druid's option, she may have any spell, but not like but not any spell like ability. That's a whole other thing. Um, there are different 
under every ability, there's different, uh, every ability has different classifications and, and depending on what that classification is, it will affect you. It will be affected or not be affected. So for instance, if I go to like certain abilities in here and read an ability, uh, I'm going to pull up 3.5 monster manual actually, cause that'd be an easier way to do it. Um, this is the original 3.5 monster manual, Jesus Christ, but that's okay. Pull this up real quick. I do love the cover of the original 3.5 monster manual. It's dope. Hold on. Like, I'm going to the Lich, page 166. So, um, the Lich. So it has abilities, certain abilities and shit that they can do. It'll tell you. So, like turn resistance, in parentheses next to it is EX. That is an extraordinary ability, right? Not affected by anything anti-magical. Because uh, it's not a magic or supernatural ability. Okay, <laughs> so things like possibly like a dragon's fire breath. Yep, like it, let me go. It is, is technically a natural. An, it's a natural ability, so it's not considered magical. Yes, like a true dragon. It'd be page sixty-eight. Um, I don't know. If that's actually what we want right here, but because I know that's been a, a a big contention point of contention. So, a, so, so a breath weapon is a breath weapon is supernatural. A spell, it's but its immunities and spell resistance are extraordinary. Um, so, so anything that would turn off anything that would turn off supernatural abilities would turn off the breath weapon. Anything that would not, it, but it would not affect its spell resistances, its blind sense, its senses, none of that. Any, uh, so the breath weapons are supernatural, right? Uh, so like, it, so like, if a dragon was in a massive uh, anti magic field, it would still breath. It would still get its breath weapon. Breath weapon, because if I'm not mistaken, anti-magic field only turns off SP, which is spell-like abilities. Spells and spell-like abilities. So you have spells, spell-like abilities, which are SP. So like, uh, for instance, a blue dragon in a spell in a uh, anti-magic field would not be able to cast, create, or destroy water, because that's a spell, or a spell-like ability. Um, the, But it's sound imitation, it's frightful presence, it's breath weapon, all that is extraordinary and supernatural. So it should still work. If I remember the ruling correctly um, on how that worked, I've, I'm pretty sure anti-magic field only affected spells and spell-like abilities and not affect uh, supernatural. I know it didn't affect extraordinary. Extraordinary abilities were just things that were innate to you but unique. Like, but you were born with them. Right. <laughs> yeah, so a lot of, like, odd things about uh good old 3.5 um but yeah to give you an idea of some of the stuff that uh one thing i did like about 3.5 that i kind of miss in 5e a lot of the skills in 3.5 were very um in depth like there was a lot you could do with the skills for instance the hand handle animal skill right the handle animal skill like there's lists and tables under the skill of what you can do with it Right. Uh, for instance, the it, it gives you the standard check. Like the DC depends on what you're trying to do. If you're trying to handle an animal, it's a D, it's a ten. Push an animal, twenty five. Teach an animal a trick, it's fifteen or twenty, uh, depending on what the trick is. Train an animal for a general purpose is fifteen or twenty. If you're trying to rear a wild animal, it's fifteen plus the hit dice of the animal is your DC. Um, that, that's trying to break an animal essentially. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, if you're trying to rear a real wild animal, yep. 
So, but like your, your, your tricks, right? Your tricks that you can teach an animal, um, attack, um, attack is a trick. Uh, the animal attacks, apparent enemies. You may point to a particular creature you wish animal to attack and it will comply if able. Normally an animal attack only humanoids, monstrous humanoids, giants, and other animals. Teaching an animal to attack all creatures, including such unnatural creatures, such as undead and aberrations, count as two tricks. Um, come is a trick. The animal comes to you, even if it normally would not do so. Defend is a trick. Uh, the animal defends you or ready to defend you if no if no threat is present, even without any command being given. Alternatively, you command them to defend a specific other character. Uh, down is a trick. The animal breaks off from combat or otherwise backs down. An animal that doesn't know that this trick to you to fight until it must flee due to injury and fear effect or the like. So, actually, finally, sorry about that. Um, a friendly PC, oh, a PC met a friendly NPC uh, in one of my in one of my games. And had he had a uh, animal companion, he did not teach him the down trick. <laughs> but the PC was a like a was a story plug to something. But he had like a compulsion of being afraid of. Uh, I forgot. What, I think it was a dogs or a cat. I forgot what it was. I forgot what he had. He had a compulsion of. He was afraid of one of the animals, right? And so he like freaked out and it scared the animal. And the animal attacked. Well, he didn't know the down command, so um, he didn't stop. And we had the option of either, well, we can stop the animal or let the animal eat him. Uh, and <laughs> we didn't want to stop the animal, so the animal ate him, and then we didn't uh, get that story hook. Well. So, <laughs> so yeah, uh, always choose the down command, boys. Uh, fetch. Um, the animal goes out and gets something. If you do not point out a specific item, the animal fetches some random object. Uh, guard. The animal stays in place and prevents others from approaching. Uh, great for if you're trying to go to sleep. Uh, your animal can go and guard for you. Yeah. Uh, heal. Animal follows you closely, even to places it normally wouldn't go. Perform. Uh, perform a variety of simple tricks, such as sitting up, rolling over, roaring, or barking, and so on. Uh, seek. Uh, the animal moves into an area and looks around for anything that is obvious, alive, or animate. Obviously alive or animate. Uh, stay. The animal stays in place, waiting for your return. Does not challenge other creatures that come by, though it should defend itself if it needs to. Track. The animal tracks the scent presented to it. It requires the animal to have the scent ability and then work. The animal will push or pull a medium or heavy load. Uh, always great to have like a beast of burden. Uh, if you, for instance, had a, have an animal, an animal, an elephant animal companion, uh, you can do a lot of shit with an elephant animal companion. Uh, and then you can train an animal for a purpose. So you can uh, teach animal combat riding, teach how to fight. Um, and it tells you how long it takes to, um, uh, training an animal to fight takes about three weeks. Training an animal to guard will take about four weeks for guard. Training an animal for guarding will be about four weeks. I actually had a player that did that. He, uh, he retired his character out and trained, uh, watchdogs for the local, for like the town he was in. He trained watch guards for the, um, the, uh, guard corps. So that was a cool little thing he did. And I was like, that's dope. Uh, heavy labor. Uh, you can train an animal for heavy labor. It takes two weeks. So basically, like, training an animal for a purpose, you teach them, like, the combination of tricks. So, like, you get in a fight. Um, uh, animals that engage in combat, they know the tricks. Attack, down, and stay. So you're teaching them attack, down, and stay. It takes three weeks. Um, for guarding, you're teaching them attack, defend, down, and guard. It takes four weeks. Uh, heavy labor, they know the tricks come and work. It takes two weeks. So basically, however many tricks it takes, it takes them, how long it takes them. Hunting, um, 
Attack, down, fetch, heal, seek, and track. It takes six weeks. Performance and so on. So on. Yeah, so it's, it's kind of cool, actually. It's really cool. Like They're really in-depth. There's a lot of really un- in-depth... Um, And it tells you, like, if you have the, if you're untrained in the skill. So you can attempt any skill you want to. If you're not trained in it, you just can only do so much with that skill. So if you're not trained in, in like, handle animal, because I'm on the page still, um, you can use a charisma check to handle or push a domestic, uh, a domestic animal only. Um, but you can't teach it, rear it, or train it. So, like, if you're not, so, so okay, so, like, in 5e, what you're saying essentially is, like, if you're not proficient, in yes, handling. if you're not proficient in a skill, you wouldn't be able to. You would. You could. You could handle domestic animals, but yeah. you couldn't teach it, train it, or regular tricks. A druid or a ranger who had no ranks and with no like skill points in handle animal for some dumb reason, um, they can use their charisma checks to handle and push their animal companion, but they can't teach it or train it. Um, they can't teach rear or train other non-domesticated animals, so they can do it to handle and push their animal companion, but that's it. Um, but they can't use those abilities. They can't like because you, you can you can teach your animal companion extra shit, but they're your animal companion. You can't right. teach them anything else. Right. Um, and I get another animal that. So there's that. So there are certain skills like there are trained only skills that you can use, and then there's it's like it's a lot that goes. It's a lot like introducing a new player to three point five is a lot because there's a lot of like, little nuance you have to know. There are certain skills. Yeah, I mean, like I said, just looking at like the rule set or, or the books and stuff, it, it can be daunting. I mean, don't get me wrong, somebody brand new to D&D, even picking up 5e, it can be daunting, I'm sure. I mean, there's a lot of rules and stuff, but I mean, I've played through 5e, 4e, 2nd edition, and 3.5. Yeah, if you play through 2nd edition, you can definitely handle 3.5. There's just a lot to embrace. If, you, if you're in a 3.5 game, they're just like, alright, we're using these five books or these eight books. All right. It's a little bit more reined in. Or even if you use the basic three books, A, it's reined in. Um, you can do that. I would I would never put somebody in this game and be like, hey, all the OG, all the open game content, it's right there. Go for it, baby. Right. Here, uh, here make a character. All, we'll start in a week. It's like even all minutes. the SRD is like, uh, fuck. Even on the SRD, it would be like. Uh... Now, do you have a recommendation for somebody who wanted to get into? Th- okay, I actually have a. I have multiple questions here for you. I have multiple answers. First, pop, pop. if somebody wanted to get into D and D and they wanted to start with three point five, just to say okay. that they've played it. Is there a character class that you would recommend that would make it? easier for them to transition into 3.5. Easier character class I would say would be fighter, just because it's not a lot to it. It's not even like the fighter in 5th edition where you have like cool abilities. The fighter to give you the idea, like the fighter in 5th edition is the most boring class ever. What? You swing a sword. You mean in 3.5? In, in 3.5, sorry. Oh. The fighter in 3, in 5th edition is has like action surge and all this cool stuff. You so, want to know what special abilities you have as a fighter in three point five? So same as same as my fighter slash barbarian in second edition. It's just I hit this thing with my weapon. 
Yes. Over over eleven levels, you get over over twenty levels, you get eleven bonus feats. Yeah. That goes in from a very specific list. And then if it's out That's of range, it. I throw my weapon, and then next turn I go pick my weapon back up. Yeah, but, but yes, but um, there are a lot more weapon enhancements in three point five than there are in most other games. So you can very easily get a weapon with the returning property, which when you throw it, it will always return. Gotcha, like Mjolnir. Unless, yes, unless it's uh, I think it's the only way it won't is if it's like gets uh, embedded in something for some right. reason. Yeah. And then you have you can still return it, but it takes an action or a move action, I think, to call it back to you. Gotcha. It's automatic. Uh, okay, so that was my first question. So you recommend Fighter for people who just I mean, getting it's into the easiest one. It's I don't recommend Fighter because I feel like you will get bored after a while. I do and I don't. Right? Um, See, most people probably me not so much. I like that. It's just the easiest to get into. It's probably the hardest to like want to stay in and like. Just say pure fighter. If we're not talking like building a, a class, multi-classing out and building a class, we're talking just pure fighter. It's a really boring class. Your ranger, easy, but still a little like eh. Paladin, same deal. Like paladin, you probably could do okay with. It's not a whole lot you got to learn as a paladin. There's a lot, but there's not a lot. Right. Um, one of the melee classes, because as a wizard. As a sorcerer, as a wizard, your party is going to be crutching on you for a lot. Right. Like, the wizard has a very, like, deceptively easy fucking, what you call it, but for instance, like, uh, deceptively easy, or the, the sorcerer has a deceptively easy uh, table, like, class table. You're like, oh, the only special ability they get is summon familiar. It's like, you're right. This only special ability they get is summon familiar. But it's better However, than a beast ranger's beast. Uh, it's not actually, it's, but I mean, he familiar does increase in power as he does, but it, it's not, um, I will say there is a, there is a penalty if you're familiar dies. So yeah, man, it, I mean, I think it, there isn't, there's not in 5e, right? I don't think so. I don't think so either. There is a penalty if your familiar dies. It is uh, a sorcerer maintaining familiar doing something takes 24 hours and uses the magical materials that cost 100 gold pieces, which you get at first level, which is kind of funny because if I'm not mistaken, your class goal at first level per the class is. Hold on, take a second. If I'm not mistaken, your class gold for a sorcerer at first level. Um, I mean, your familiar is actually pretty solid. Actually, it's not bad. Um, but because your familiar, your familiar can actually fight. Like it's not like the bitch ass familiar in Five E. That well, fucking fight. To be fair, the one in Five E isn't terrible because depending on what you choose, it can have things like that. It'll give you the help action, so you can well, have no, advantage. I mean, all, of the, all of these, all of these familiars give you bonuses to checks and shit. Oh. So, like, your standard familiar, like, your standard options are the bat, cat, hawk, lizard, owl, rat, raven, snake, toad, and weasel. Yeah, which is all, like, the, the five bat, ones. Yeah, the bat gives you a plus three on listen checks. The cat gives you a plus three on move silently. Hawk gives you a plus three on spot, which is, like, your perception check. Uh, lizard gives you a plus three on climb. Owl gives you a plus three on spot checks when you're uh, in shadows. Rat gives you a plus two on fort saves, which is solid. Uh, Raven gives you a plus three on appraise checks. 
Snake is a plus three on bluff. Toad's a plus three on hit points. Weasel's a plus two on reflex save. So you get those. Um, and the Raven can speak a language of his master choice as a supernatural ability. So your Raven can talk to you. I mean, that makes sense. I mean, Ravens yes, are does. smart. Um, and then also, too, as they level up, they gain bonus hit dice. So at uh, like 20th level, they get 10 uh, natural armor hit dice. They, they get 10 natural armor. And their intelligence goes up to be 15. So you can, at 20th level, you can have a, their intelligence status set at 15. So technically at 20th level, your uh, familiar could be more intelligent than a most barbarians. <laughs> Jesus, okay. Now, okay. Man, that's just adding more questions. God, so many. Yeah. Next question. Earlier you said, like, okay, so say you made a wizard character. And you give him yes. a really high intelligence score. Right? Yes. Then based off your intelligence score, you could actually potentially get bonus spells because of your intelligence score. Um, I remember vaguely, and I don't remember mechanically what it did, but in 2nd edition, if you had a high enough strength score, you... Like, once you hit a strength score of 18, it then went to, like, 18 18 1, 18 2, 18 3, and then 19, and then 20. But when you were past that 18 tier, it allowed you to do other things as well. Like, I think maybe your crit range increased, you were able to wield much bigger weapons. Uh, is there anything that you would get in, like, as a martial class in 3.5 if you increased your score high enough? No, martial classes. There's no love. Uh, also, ability scores in five, three point five, or none like five e. Um, it's not uncommon to start a, cl- a character off with a plus over a plus twenty in something. Jesus. If you build them right. Okay. Um. Yeah. Like you can get thirty, thirty fives, forties. It's not impossible. Like ability scores. Um. Because some of the some of the races you can pick. Like, for instance, like if you roll really well, I think you can play as an orc uh, race. Like your your standard races are here. Like your standard races in the book, right? Uh, well, plus your psionic races, but your standard races plus psionic races are uh, hill dwar- are dwarves, elves, gnomes, half elves, half orcs, halflings, humans, right? Standard mm-hmm. affair. Um, and also to, uh, these classes, like you, this in second edition Webby, uh, there's plus and because there's plus and minuses, they give you higher stuff sometimes. So like a half work, you get plus two strength, but you're going to lose two intelligence and two charisma. Gotcha. Oh, I just looked up the, the question, uh, the, the example that I gave with the strength score. So in second edition, if you had a 15 in strength, you'd have no bonuses to your hit or damage at all. Okay. Now, if you had a non-warrior with an 18 strength, you would have a plus one to hit and a plus two to damage, essentially. Whereas, so the tiers that you had for once you hit that strength score of 18 was 18 slash 1 through 50, 18 slash 51 through 75, 76 through 90, 91 through 99, and then 18 slash 00 which is the highest. So a warrior with an 18 slash 01, which is the lowest 18 score has a plus one to hit plus three to damage. 
whereas a warrior with an 1800, which is your highest, gets a plus three to hit and a plus six to your overall damage, which is oh, there's nothing uh, additional on that on there. They okay. literally 3.5 is about all about casters. Yeah, uh, that's you know same with fifth. Honestly, you know, yeah, they brought some love back to martial classes. I feel, but like. God, I don't know. It's just like if you're playing Dungeons and Dragons, everybody chooses a caster because casters are fucking OP. Yeah, they are. <sighs> I mean, and some of the spells, some of the actual spells in fit in, in three point five are legit. Like, legitimately, it's you save the spell or you're effective. You're you're effectively dead. Right. Um, it's not. It's not good. Right. Uh, and, but like balance it out. So there's the stupid balance you can have here, which is. Uh, crazy, uh, which is why I never allowed more than a in any game I played. We were never allowed to take a level adjustment of more than two. So different races because they offer so many advantages. They come with a level adjustment. A level adjustment counts towards your ECL, which is your effective class level, meaning that attack affects your experience points. So what that means is, let's say at level one you picked a, a race with a level adjustment of five plus five right you are effectively a level because of all the shit you get from that you're effectively a level six character playing the party of level ones so your your the rate your next level for xp would be what the rate of xp would be for a six level character so you wouldn't level up to level two until you got until your party was basically leveling up to level six if you all level equally. Jeez. So you you don't have a lot of hit dice, which is the thing that is the issue, right? Because you add it towards all your hit dice. So it may have a level adjustment of three, but it also may come with creature hit dice of four. You have effectively a level adjustment of eight. <laughs> so you're not getting a level until you get level eight. So it's at a certain point, level adjustments play against you so heavily, it's not worth using them. But to give you an idea... Uh, if you're playing like a short game, for instance, and you weren't were past level one, because your HP doesn't increase, that's the fucked up part. Like at all? Um, not until you level up again, because you don't have any other way to, of gaining HP unless you get racial hit dice. You do get like, for instance, like the Hound Archon. You can play as a Hound Archon. You can play as a Hound Archon. It is a printed race as a character. You can play as a Hound Archon. And if you're making a character as a Hound Arkin, which is a uh, a well-muscled human with a canine head, you can play. <laughs> you're going to get uh, your base stats are going to be plus four to strength, plus two to constitution, plus two wisdom, and plus two charisma. There's no downsides. You're going to be an outsider. You're an Archon, an extra planner, good and lawful. Medium size. Your base land speed is 40 feet. Your racial hit dice, a Hound Arkin begins with six levels of outsider, so you're, you, you write your class down, you're going to be six levels of outsider, one level, whatever you are, okay? Right. Now, there are additional rules that were introduced later that allow people to, instead of having a level adjustment or creature hit dice, you can, as you gain level, basically they it would split up the abilities you got and break them up over the course of five levels. So you're not... You're leveling with your party, but you're not gaining a class. You're gaining your race, if that makes sense. But not everybody used that. Um, so you would get 6d8 hit dice, a base attack bonus of 6, 
and a saving throw bonus of Fort 5, Reflex 5, Will 5. So you have all that. So some DMs be like, well, that's what you're getting. You don't get your first class level until some DMs say you, you get a class level plus that. Some DMs say, no, you get that and you get no class levels until you would level up in five levels. Now, or when, which is, it, 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 it counts towards your overall. So if you don't, you're not going into Epic, your DMs like, hey, this cat, we're capping at 20. You're only going to have, because you're going to have those six levels of outsider, you're only going to benefit from 14 levels of a class. Um, because it's going to be, you're going to effectively, you're going to, your, uh, your ECL is going to be 20 at that point. You're going to have an ECL of 20 with now, 14 it, level class levels. Now, is that an optional that. thing? The thing where you're level um, one, but you're technically a level six? Uh, that's a level adjustment attached to your race. It's not an optional. You, some DMs let you buy it off. Some DMs let you like, instead of having a level adjustment, you level up slowly and get what you want. But there's, it's not a actual... And not every it's not optional. Not every class. Not every race has one. It's just as the stronger your race is, because like for instance, the Archon comes with spell resistance, sixteen plus class level, and damage reduction, both of which are uh, they're supernatural. Ten evil. So, and how that works on here is spell resistance is bullshit. By the way, um, bullshit good or bullshit bad. Uh, bad for a bullshit like bad if you have to roll against spell resistance it's shitty hmm. so basically spell resistance is an extraordinary ability um, to avoid being affected by spells some spells also grant spell resistance to determine if a spell or spell like ability would work against a creature with spell resistance the caster must make a caster level check DC is 1d20 plus the caster's level um, if the result equals or exceeds the creature's spell resistance the spell works normally although the creature shall not uh, still allow a saving throw the Defender spell resistance is like an armor class against magical attacks. And it works on all spells. It's not just like attacking spells. It's any spell. And if you, well, let's say I have a spell resistance of 15, and you cast a spell on me, you would have to roll a 1d20 plus your, let's say you're a, uh, a wizard, 1d20 plus your intelligence modifier and beat a 15. If you don't, it automatically fails. <laughs> In meter beat 15, it automatically fails. It does not work against me. <laughs> Even like a fireball, like you could draw a fireball on me in my entire party, it would I would stand there and it wouldn't affect me. Well, <laughs> and then if it does work on me and I have the save, I still get a save on top of that. So I have two opportunities for you to fuck up, or for me to like save against your shit. All right. So well, spell resistance is very is very very powerful. Uh, okay, let me ask my next question. I've already forgotten one of them. Um, now, one of my favorite classes to play in any edition is a rogue. I like being the little sneaky oh, guy. I'm going to answer Rob's question real quick because he, he typed the question. He said, so beneficial spells too, you said? Like heal, haste, etc.? Uh, y- on paper, Yes. However, um, however, you can, so it's really funny. You can voluntarily lower your own spell resistance. Doing so is a standard action and doesn't provoke an attack of opportunity. Uh, and once you do it, it remains down until the end of the next turn. 
Um, so if you know however, you're healed by somebody this round, you have to spend your turn taking your standard action to lower yes. your spell resist? Yes. However, if I'm not mistaken, uh, spell resistance is a extraordinary ability, so it's attached to you as a person. If you are unconscious but not dead, it still applies. And you can't so if you're un- lower it? Yeah. <laughs> Jesus Christ. <laughs> That's fucked up. I mean, I guess it's good and bad. Like, wow. Okay. <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, it's, th- uh... thematically, I guess I can, I can, I can understand it. Where it's like you're just, especially if it's a natural thing, like you, like you said. But like, God, that sucks. Imagine being the healer and you fucking you cast like a you know a fifth level healing spell and they resisted it. It's like ah, oh, you just wasted that fucking trying to heal this douche. <laughs> That's messed up. All right. So my question, Devin, is uh, how do rogues fare in three point five? Our rogues are great in three point five. Are they good thieves? Yeah, they are. All right. Also, they're great wand users. Because to use a wand, you have to use a uh, you have to use a use uh, you have to roll a check for use magic device, and rogues get the most skills in the game. So you can literally have a rogue that just has like a fucking bandolier of wands, and you basically can just be like a, a spellcaster. Basically, See, being a spellcaster and casting a spell from a wand, or not being a spellcaster and casting a spell from a wand that you don't know the spell to would require you to roll a uh, use magic device check to do so. Right. Um, and where we get the most spells and they get bonuses to their, their, their skill checks. So you can literally be a rogue and just cast, fuck, have like wands of fireball, wands of ice, wands of fucking whatever you want to have on you, wands of cure, whatever the fuck, and just have a bandolier of wands. Yeah. Um, and just be also kind of a wizard that can stab things. See, that's what I liked <laughs> most about my second edition. My second edition rogue was I, I played a thief rogue. And much like in 5e, one of their special abilities is if if you were a thief rogue of a certain level, um, you got to ignore uh, any type of prerequisites on an item. As far as, like, I could pick up a scroll that, like, only could be used by clerics. And as a rogue, I could use that scroll. You know, uh, I think I think you still had to roll... Uh, in second edition uh, to be able to use the item properly or there was like a chance that it could just not work or something like that. Uh, but I, I always liked the idea of a, of a martial class essentially who their unique ability was that they could literally use any magic item that they picked up. <clears throat> That's why I love the thief in fifth edition i've just yet to be able to ever play one of that level where it mattered you know because like how pissed off would you be right i'm gonna hearken at it like to fifth fifth edition if you were a wizard right Devin? Mm-hmm. and i played it like a thief rogue and I went off into a different room. You guys were investigating stuff. And then I came back because I looted a chest or whatever. And all of a sudden now I'm wearing like the robes of the Magi and the fucking the staff that all wizards want. 
and I'm like, hey, I can use these things. <laughs> like that's that's <laughs> that's such a yeah. shit move. <laughs> it is a shit move, but it's funny as fuck. Right. But I definitely I, love I, I definitely love rogues. Like for that for the reason though, is because man, I've had DMs where it's like, oh, here's your party, you know, and I know your party makeup, but here's like three scrolls that no one can fucking use because, you know, you don't have a druid or a paladin or whatever in your party and they're that specific class. Uh, but if you had that thief, you know, in your party, I forgot that was a could. thing. Jesus Christ. What? I forgot that all, all the, I was, I was reading something, but I forgot all the races um, have like aging and like age actually affected your stats at a certain point. Yep. Yep, second edition was the same way. Uh, I think fourth edition was also the same way. Um, yeah, so I, like, don't remember I, if, I don't remember if in fifth edition. I think there's an optional rule for that to be happen to happen in fifth edition. Yeah, so humans reach middle age at one at, or at thirty five. Um, and at middle age, they get a minus one to strength, dex, and con, but a plus one to intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Yeah, they reach old at fifty three. Which is a minus two to strength, dex, and con, and a, and a plus one to intelligence, wisdom, and charisma. Um, and all these these are stacking, if I remember correctly. These are not like replacement. These are stacking, if I remember correctly. Or they might uh, not stack. No, they I don't think they stack. Replaced. I think they replace because they, this is shows you again how much they fucking don't care about your um your melee classes. So they know that yeah, the wizards older you get, the better about. wizard you are. Yeah, so they keep it at plus one for everything, but your your physical stats will decline. But they don't give a shit about that because they know like every every wizard would be like fucking eighty five thousand years old and be fucking like have plus three to fucking intelligence, wisdom, and charisma because it's way fucking better. Right. I'll be frail as fuck. I don't give a shit. Right. It's funny. I forgot about that. Yeah, three point five was like fun. It was just a lot of like bookkeeping. That was like the biggest thing about that game. Like it was one of the only games I think I fun only it was one of the only D and D games that I experienced that I played where I had to like sit down and I had to actually like to play, I was playing the game. I kept like I had to make a note of like what books were my character pulled stuff from. Yeah, reference, reference pages. Yep, and like had those books stacked next to me. So if yep. I need to reference something, I'm like running through the books, like flipping and through the pages, like I did the same thing in second edition because I had things from so many different books that I didn't want to have to forget and where they were. So I would write down, Oh, it's in this book, this page. You know, this book, yep, this page. Exactly. Um now, okay, so we're over the hour fifteen mark. So we're gonna be wrapping up here, but I have one more question for you. I have answers for you. I'll I'll say three if you can think of them, because I feel like you could, but at least one. All right. So anywhere from one to three things. If you could bring from 3.5 and convert it properly that you would like to see in fifth edition. Are we talking classes? Or are we talking anything? Like, anything in three point five? Well, what are three my favorite class of all? Like to bring over? Well, uh, there's two of them are classes, and people have tried it, but it's not the same. Um, one would be the Warshaper class, 
Um, from three point five. I think we've I love that class. We have talked about that. The War Shaper class is one of my favorite classes. Also, um, shout out to the Changeling because it lets you do that unlimited times a day, um, and as a free action. Uh, I would bring the the Tome of Battle classes. The entirety of Tome of Battle I would bring over to 5e. I think it would be really cool. be a really unique class. Really unique classes introduced. And unique playstyles to introduce to the game. And if I was going to say one more thing I'd bring over. At least one more thing. Like there are, are there any rule sets that you would want to convert over? Any feats that you would want to bring over? Equipment that they don't have in Five E that they had, or uh, I would bring over. Honestly, I would bring over a lot more of the magical enchantments because I feel like on weapons and shit, there's just not a lot in Five E. You know what I mean? Okay, can you like, can, can you a lot of an like, example of a couple of these enchantments? Like, yeah, hold on a second. Or like armor and weapon enchantments. Magic weapons, magic armor. And these aren't these are just some of this the basic book. But like I'll run through some of them here for a second. Um like I don't know. Arrow deflection might be over there in that one, but like, um, like, and some of them aren't needed per se. Like, you can get like a shield of cold resistance or in different levels of cold resistance, shit like that. Like, that's fine. Um, blinding, but like, you have arrow catching, which is cool. But they also have arrow deflection, which, uh, as, as when you're a hit by a ranged weapon attack, you can make a, what would be in 5e would be a deck save or like kind of like you would like make an evasion check like like a deck save in place of that and if you beat the save you could forego the damage okay um, so like in 5e if you did a deck save and you meet or if, if you exceeded the the damage roll, dealt or the hit or the hit roll you would you could just forego that completely right gotcha um that'd be kind of cool like or uh and that would, be a, that, would be a, that would be a special enchantment on a piece of gear yeah on the shield have. on the shield or the or, yeah, on, on a shield or a weapon okay, yeah. um yeah or like ghost touch weapons are always kind of cool uh armor shield seems almost translucent both of its enchantment bonus and its armor bonus count against the attacks of incorporeal creatures so it protects you against incorporeal uh, attacks um and also can be picked up moved and worn by a corporate creature at any time which is cool. Um, you can get weapons that are like that, which are always dope. Uh, like sh- like shadow gear, I think would be great on a wiz- on a wizard on a fucking um, rogue. Uh, is jet black armor that blurs the wearer whenever they try to hide. They get a plus five bonus to hide checks. Okay. And shit like that. Uh, I think it'd be really cool. Uh, something like that I think would be dope. I would like to see more more enchantments for armors and weapons, like weapons, for instance. Um, uh, like I, I was never a fan of like the the anarchic and the axiomatic weapons, which were like the weapons that were like attached to your alignment. I was and, like when you hit creatures of a of the opposite alignment, you would do extra damage. I was never a fan of those per se. 
I was really never a fan of the band wep- of the bane of the band bane weapons like dragon's bane things like that. I was never a huge fan of those, uh, but like they're okay. Now uh, is that like, is, were you just not a fan because like if you had them you find you found that you just didn't run into those mobs as often. Yeah. So now I did. The only time I ever actually used them on a regular basis was I played a I played a weapon hunter. I played a fighter who was like who was a weapon hunter, and he had uh he would collect bane bane weapons of every different creature type. Okay. <laughs> Now I was gonna and, say those but, those do seem like they're very niche and like something that you would just are. hold on to until you until well, like I just kind of like to I just like to like imagine like and actually uh I, there's a feat you could take which is one of the broken feats in five E I can't think of the name of it right now but you could basically take a companion but your companion could be like a 14th level PC um basically so basically the whole wait whole thing I did was he was a knight who was like would travel the land killing creatures so you had and a he squire. had a squire yeah he had a squire who literally dragged a cart. With a bunch of fucking weapons in it, yep. and he would be like, he'd be like the caddy. I was gonna say, you'd be like, hand me my ghost iron mace, or hand me my, <laughs> yeah. hand me my, uh, my, my fiend iron bane, <laughs> my fiend bane club, you know. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. It was, right. was just like giving shit. It was like, a, it was a lot of like interesting character concepts you could make of just the tomfoolery. So, so essentially, so essentially, some of the things that you'd like to see able to be possibly adapted to 5e from 3.5 would be some classes and just some enhancements to items yeah essentially i just feel like there's more there i mean i do feel like 3.5 i think is the best way to put it 3.5 gave you 100 percent um character customization Everything about your character, you could customize it down to the skill point. It didn't matter. You now, know what I mean? Do you think that there's any feats that would work well in in five e that would carry over? That <sighs> three point five feats are stupid. They're either. I just I feel like there's so many of them in three point five. There's so many feats, and there's all I I might just roll through this random fucking three point five feats table here. Uh this is just the sh- this is just like the in the basic one. Yeah, uh, combat reflexes. I think is the one that's the shittiest one. Um, is it is it combat? Is it the combat reflexes or combat expertise? I think it's combat expertise. Let me fucking find that feat. That feat is the one I was talking about earlier. That's the shittiest fucking feat. That is the in, that is the requirement of fucking everything for whatever reason. And every higher level feat requires combat expertise. Um, oh, they probably wanted you to blow a feat on that. They definitely did, which is why the fighter was nice. You could use you burn combat expertise on that because it was stupid. Uh it's it, 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 it by itself had a prerequisite of having an intelligence of thirteen. Uh, when you use the attack action or the full attack action in melee, you can take a penalty of as much as minus five in your attack and add the same as a dodge bonus to your armor class. The number you, you may not exceed your base attack bonus. So basically, it's just like, hey, uh, I roll with a plus five or whatever. I'm going to take two off my... I'll roll with a minus two and add two to my AC. But just my dodge AC. Not my regular AC. Just my dodge AC. <laughs> 
So like if I got hit with a fireball next turn, like, oh sweet, this is great. I can I can add this. Other than that, it was fucking pointless. Um oh no, it was regular AC, it was a dodge bonus. I'm sorry. So yeah, so yeah, I could add it to my AC. So it's like cool, I, I can be harder to hit, but I'm also harder to hit you. So it's kind of like and AC doesn't matter and and as stupid as this sounds, AC didn't matter in three point five. Because it was either like like I said, like you could get an AC of like fifty eight, but their creatures are rolling with like plus forty five. <laughs> so it's like okay, well, cool. Or they had other ways of hitting you. They would get you flat footed. They would get you uh, how they would get you a touch AC, which a touch AC is which we never covered. That's how this whole conversation started. I didn't realize that. Hold on. So there's different types of AC. Okay. You have your enchantment bonuses, deflection bonuses, natural armor, dodge bonuses, whatever. Touch attacks. Some attacks disregard armor, including shields and natural armor. In these cases, the attacker makes a touch attack, either ranged or melee. When you are a target touch attack, your AC doesn't include your armor bonus, your shield bonus, or natural armor bonus. All other modifiers, such as your size modifier, dex mod, and deflection bonus apply. Apply. Meaning, if you're like this big armored fucking heavy fighter, and you touch AC something... And you get touch AC'd, it should don't matter. Uh, all your armor is just not important anymore. <laughs> That's messed up. Uh, that is going back to one of the weapons I was about to talk about. The uh, the which is basically a lightsaber. Uh, it's legitimately a lightsaber. Uh, brilliant energy. Brilliant energy weapon has a significant portion transformed into light. All of this doesn't not modify the item's weight. It always gives off light as a torch, 20 feet radius. A brilliant energy weapon ignores non-living matter. So it effectively armor and shield Close bonuses to AC, armor. including yeah, including any enhancement enchantment bonuses to that armor does not count against it because the weapon passes through armor. Dexterity, deflection, dodge, natural, and other such bonuses still apply. A brilliant energy weapon cannot harm undead, contract, or objects. This property can only be applied to melee weapons, thrown weapons, and ammunition. Now, could you have an enhancement on your armor that made it so it could be used against specifically those types of weapons. I don't believe so. See, they missed opportunity I, right there. I know I'm not actually in this episode, but I know why the touch attacks are like that. It's because it doesn't matter where they touch you. They like it basically like sending lightning through your, your armor. So they, even if they just touched your shield, it would still affect you. So that's why yeah. the armor class and the shield don't matter because they can yeah. touch you anywhere. <clears throat> yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Uh, yeah, 100% exactly. Or if you have a fucking, like I said, you have a fucking, uh, uh, you have a fucking brilliant energy weapon, you just, it's a lightsaber, it just, it doesn't matter, it just phases through your shit, and it's light. It phases through and cuts you anyway. So you die. Uh, ah, the distance weapon. Mwah! The distance elven double bow. I love you so. The distance splitting elven double bow. All of the shenanigans I got into you, I got into with you, my Thrykeen dual archer. I was, I was a walking. <laughs> so, what does the distance thing do? I'm like, why? Hold is... on. Hold on. We pulled the Elven double bow for a second. I'm going to pull up all this and explain all this and, and let you kind of like morph this into your head. You know what I mean? Let this all come together naturally into your head.
So you have this. Because actions didn't mean shit. Actions didn't mean shit. that and then last but not least I need it was the multi-shot feet so everybody's familiar with thrykeens right thrykeens four legs four arms all that fun shit right new to 5e new, new to 5e all right um base attack bonus we already covered webby right so you get four attacks on a fighter or a ranger okay A text message. So, mini shot. Fire multiple arrows, single attack action, nearby target. As a standard action, you may fire two arrows at a single opponent within 30 feet. Both arrows use the same attack roll to determine success. So you can give up your four and use mini shot as opposed to that, right? Um, which, getting into. Or you could go with all four. But the thing about that is, after the first two, you're really not hitting anyway. Okay? In most cases. Then, you attach onto that is a normal thing. You have the elven double bow. The elven double bow is... Uh, someone who has the exotic weapon proficiency can fire two arrows at once from said bow per attack. Okay. Okay. So <laughs> you then have that so on you're top up, of you're up to eight eight arrows essentially. Yes. Right? Then you attach on the you get a bow attached with the splitting property. Um, any missile fired from a splitting weapon or arrow or bolt. Enchant it with the splitting ability breaks into two identical missiles before striking the intended target. Um, so, <laughs> 16. 16. And then you have, you can get different arrow types. So, we go 3.5 for that one. I put, keep putting in 5e. 3.5. Different arrow types. Uh, they have the Alchemist arrow, the blunt arrow, the fly arrow, the signal arrow, the thundering arrow, the tumbling arrow, the arrow of biting, the raptor arrow. This, so essentially a green arrow. Yes. However, the thundering arrow was effectively uh, it would AOE would do um, basically like AOE. I think it's like five on whoever it hit and then five feet in every direction. So adjacent um, would enemies. Be adjacent, all adjacent enemies to wherever it hit would be equivocably uh, it would do like sonic damage right so you're doing your so green you're, arrow so you're, you're bombarding doing... this one target with 16 arrows and then 16 AOE separate AOE damages for everybody yes to them? yes um, but you then attach on the distance property which doubles the effective range of all weapons 
Uh, range weapons. So Double quick range from, of it. You're doing it from space. Basically. So the longbow, to give you an idea, the longbow has a range of longbow in 3.5. I'll tell you in two seconds here. You got a range weapons. It's something like stupid. It's very stupid. Um, bow, 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 bow. Or six something, maybe. So in this, composite longbow. But it's also a strength-adjusted. You also can get strength-adjusted weapons. So you can get strength-adjusted weapons. So as a fighter, you can get strength-adjusted weapons to also increase the range. It was like 130. So you go up to like 200-some feet. Basically, I got out 300 feet with a strength-adjusted composite bow. So you're firing all these. So I laughed, and we call it the human ballista because you also had explosive, uh, explosive arrow tips, which would explode and leave like napalm on the ground. So... Uh, I, the running joke was this guy was literally uh, a walking ballista. He would just stand far back and just shoot distance and just like spray and pray. <laughs> Jesus. And that's that's what I, that's what that's what my turns were. It was my turns were consisting of me shooting sixteen arrows uh, here and there. Or if I didn't care about hitting, I would use rapid shot. And rapid shot, if I remember correctly, was. Yeah, you get one extra attack per round with a ranged weapon. The attack at your highest base attack bonus, but each attack, the attack at your highest base, but each attack you make in that round has a takes a minus two penalty, which means you can get five attacks. You get five attacks uh, per round. So do all that math again with splitting them. So four arrows, five attacks is twenty. Splits into forty with rapid shot, uh, and you do it at it'll be a plus eighteen. So base attack will be a plus 18, plus 13, plus 8, plus 3, and then a plus 18. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So you can shoot four. I, I shot like 40 arrows a turn. It was now dumb. what? Now what's giving it the split thing? Is that an enchantment on the bow? An enchantment on the bow. <laughs> so anything fired from that splits into two? Yes, and the bow itself was an exotic weapon that lets you shot two arrows at once. So you would shoot two arrows, and those two arrows would split into four arrows, and then you multiply that by two bows on one on each hand, which is then eight arrows, by, multiply that by five attacks per round, and you get 40 um, arrows. Uh, and then you multiply that by the fact that, yeah, it's very expensive spending a lot on explosive arrows and shit like that, or like alchemist fire arrows, but you do that, and you just basically are a human ballista that can hold off a medium-sized army by yourself. <laughs> right, yeah. Well. And that's not even including haste rounds. I'm starting to see why they don't have some of these things in 5e. Alright. Yeah. It's absolutely disgusting and broken. Well, uh, I mean, with that being said, do you have anything else that you'd like to talk? Any, any key points that you'd like to talk about? Um, no, I think I'm actually three E or three point five. Or are we good to wrap it up here? All 
I'm going to guess that that's a good to wrap it up here. Yeah, yeah, I said that was um, good. Sorry. All right. Um, do we have any other questions from the peanut gallery? Now that we have Rob, who just kind of quietly joined us. Nope. Nope. Not really. All right. Um, well, Devin, I want to thank you for enlightening me. I I feel like I know a little bit more about three point five, but I still don't think that I'd be able to sit down and even begin to make a character or know how to run a game or anything like that. It's, uh, it's, it's just, a process. It's, it's a lot. It's a process. It's a lot. It's, it's a lot. Like, I it's, know. Because every, so every I'm thinking, question gets into another, like, diluted question. If if I wanted to build a 3.5 character <laughs> just for fun, I'm okay. guessing it would be essentially me and you sitting in a call. I would need a notebook and probably a good maybe hour and a half two hours am i am i wrong on that yeah i mean if we're going like level three to five that's not right if we're going level 20 it might be longer if we're if we're doing it by hand and we're not using like a character builder it'd be about 100 percent. it'd be like yeah like, i have a bunch of 3.5 modules on the bookshelf which would help you out too so. well <laughs> well, seeing as though Devin told me there's something insane like sixty some odd books to three point five. Yeah, I don't core books. Well, well I don't. I don't even have any of the core books. They're all yeah. bought. There's sixty eight <laughs> core books. Yeah. There are thirty. <laughs> yeah, you know, thirty like adventure books, um, like just adventures, um, and then hold on, I I, I pulled it up at one point, um. And then you have actually there's more adventures than that. I lied. Then you have the whole Eberon setting, which is by itself twenty something books. So I lied on that. There's more books than that. Um, so adventure books. There's sixty-eight Wizard of the Coast published books. Sixty-four adventure books. Um. Then you get to the Eberon books. Eberon has, oh boy. So Eberon's got another, twenty one books. Jesus Christ. And then I'm not even close to being done. Just, just hold on. And then you got Forgotten Realms. Forgotten Realms got Forgotten Realms has. I'm just gonna move this over here, make my life easier. Forgotten Realms got. So boom. Maybe condense some of these fucking ta- uh, fucking columns. Because Jesus, Forgotten Realms got 29 books. Dragonlance has 24 books. Oh, Dragonlance was a 3.5 setting? Yeah. Dude, I love the Dragonlance books. Yeah, it, 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 it's gone through first, second, I mean, first, second, 3.5, and first, second, 3.5, and fifth. Only addition it wasn't, it wasn't fourth. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, Dragonlance, and then you had um 430 Dragon Magazines, yep, and 
221 additional magazines. Now, to be fair, the magazines also covered other editions. They did. You're right. You're not wrong. I'm just saying. Sorry, I'm not going to count those. Yeah. But I'm just being like, by itself, and that's not including because this is an open game license, so anyone could publish it and right. it could be like used. But just actually like published hardcover books. And the just from Wizard of the Coast, you got 68, 64, 21, 29, 24. Over 130-ish books. Jesus. Or over 200 books, almost, somewhere in there. That you have that you could theoretically pull from and use. Although I do think the dusk, the dusk night, dusk night, dusk, dusk, dusk night. I do think the dusk night is probably the best version of the fighter. Um, I don't. Know, is, is it dusk night? No, it's not dusk night. It's what is it? Ah. Uh, in Player's Handbook 2. In Player's Handbook 2 classes. The Night Knight. Instead of the Dusk Knight. Get it? Yeah, I got you. I hate myself. I know you do. <laughs> okay, so love you, buddy. <laughs> All right, hold on. Player... The Dust Blade. There you go. The hold, Dust Blade. Hold on. I, Dust... Another reason I hate myself. I, I I was going to tell a joke earlier this morning to somebody, uh, Rob. So I will tell it to you and Devin here. Uh, oh God! You know Pebbles Rock, Dwayne, mm-hmm. in your yep. campaign. Oh yeah. uh, if, if Dwayne were to join a band, which band would it be? Rock band? No. I mean that is that's the answer that was given too, but uh, <laughs> the the Rolling Stones, <laughs> and then I hated myself. <laughs> anyway, continue, Devin. The Night Night is that what we're on? The, the Dusk Night, the Dusk Night. It's the best version of the Arcane Night, the Arcane Fighter class that they have. It's the best version I think they've ever printed of like a, tr- a class that truly blends. Melee and um, spellcasting. All right. So I will say that that is another thing I would like like to see them bring bring back to the table. Um, how many years did you play three point five for? About three throughout high school. So, how many different classes did you play or uh, build in your head or touched on? Probably somewhere close to like thirty or forty. I mean, I actually Jeez. played actually in, on paper, uh, probably somewhere to like eight or nine. But I've played or theory crafted quite a few. Are there any uh, classes that you didn't? Uh, I played all the core classes at least once. All right. Because a lot of the time we were running two characters because uh, we were like three three people in a group, so we just ran two characters each would be six. Gotcha. So we'd be running two characters. So a lot of times I'd be like one I really cared about, and then one I didn't care about so much that would be like my comical relief character that I would like. I would still build him seriously, but I didn't care if he died. So I'd play like one of the classes I wasn't like super familiar with. Right. 
And sometimes I was super lazy. I'm like, yeah, I got two characters to manage. Uh, neither one of them are gonna be spellcasters. You're yeah. a barbarian and you're a fighter. Yep. Let's go. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, we're going to wrap up. We're well over the hour and a half mark now, so we're going to wrap up. Um, man, and there's still so much that we could talk about as far as 3.5, I'm sure. Um, well, with that being said, um, do you have life advice, Devin, this week? You haven't been around for life advice. I've been trying to keep up, man. But I appreciate it, buddy. I've I been really failing. do. I've been failing. Life advice. He's deciding. I have a quick science corner for you since. You uh, son of a bitch. It, a very uh, long episode already. Just if you haven't seen the pictures from the James Webb telescope, take a look. They're, they're amazing. No, they're, they're beautiful. They are. The Hubbles were just as good. No. Yeah, they are. No, it's I'm it's sorry. like it's You're like wrong. watching a standard movie versus you know an HD movie. It's no, really they can not see so much more with the James Webb. Like, look, here's the cosmic bat. I'm aware. Yeah, I watch. I, I looked so at these much more impressive. Nah. Okay. Don't listen to what he's wrong. <laughs> Again, it's like watching a movie in SD versus watching a movie in HD. It's not that big of a difference. Yeah, then how come the James Webb Telescope hasn't picked up any UFOs or aliens yet? Because they probably don't exist. Please. Something that clear, you should be able to obviously see space ice giants. Oh, boy. Life advice with Devin? (laughs) No, but in in reality, yeah, the pictures are very sharp. I'm just giving you shit. Uh, my life advice is very simple uh, very simple very uh, easy to go through it's going to be short it's going to be sweet and it's shorter than guys. the intro to your life advice yes actually uh, that's why I was making it longer to make it seem like it was more important and embellished but no it's actually it's serious though um, if you want to be trusted be honest that's simple yeah Honesty is always the best way to go. And that's even with yourself, like not just with everybody else. Be honest through and through. Um, Sometimes you got to look yourself in the mirror and be like, yeah, this isn't really for me. Or yeah, this is what I want. And it's going to suck because it may not be uh, the answer you, it may not be the answer you want, but it's the answer you need. And it's the truth. So don't try to, Fake out yourself or anybody for that matter. Just, uh, yeah, be yourself and be honest. I like that one. That's good. All right. Well, with that being said, uh, Rob, where can people find you? You can find me on Twitter at Confessor underscore X and on Twitch at twitch.tv slash Confessor X. And Devin, where can people find you at? You guys can find me on Twitter at DMP underscore Pookie. You can find me on Twitch at Mr. D3. And as always, you can find me on eBay trying to buy up all 200 and so many odd books of Dungeons and Dragons 3.5. For 99 cents. 
<laughs> you joke. There actually was a sale on Amazon at one point, and one of them was for like going for like a dollar fifty, and I didn't buy it. And I looked two days later, it was like forty five. Like fuck, Jesus. Uh, as always, everybody, you guys can follow me on Twitter at Jacks Forest Walker, all one word. On Twitch at DM Webby, and on eBay at selling D D books for ninety nine cents to Devin. Oh shit. Oh shit. All right. Thank you guys for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. We love you and fuck Booster Gold. Fuck Booster Gold. <laughs> I can't find it now, but there was this picture that they showed the some of the pictures from the web telescope. And they're like 50 billion uh, light years away. And then it shows a blurry guy. It's like 10 feet from a security camera. <laughs> I know. It's not a wrong statement. <laughs>